Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're tuned in to 96.3 KOYT Coyote Radio. You've tuned in to your local source for fishing, reports, and information. This is the Castaway Show. I'm Dave Dolan, and join me now. We'll go over the fishing reports, some local reports, some not so local, both freshwater and saltwater. I've got some boating tips for you, a few fishing tips, and I even have a recipe to throw in there for you. So join me in this show, and we'll get all that information to you. If you have any questions, anything you'd like to add, any topics you would like me to go over with the show, feel free to contact us programming at 963koyt.org. That's programming, P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-I-N-G, 963koyt.org. Any questions, anything you'd like me to cover, if you have a fishing story you'd like to talk about, or maybe you'd like to come in here and share that story with me and the audience out there. So get a hold of me or anybody else with the show here, and join us in this episode of the Castaway Show. Okay, I'd like to go into my fishing reports right now. Well, as we all know, we've recently come out of the holidays about a month ago. That kind of slowed down anybody's ideas of going out fishing at that time. And right after the holidays, it seems like we went right into a stretch of really bad weather. Really had some torrential rain and downpours, and that pretty much shut off a lot of the fishing. But um, let's not trade the inconveniences of that rain for the benefits that we're going to have out of it. You know, we've been in a prolonged drought, and it's just so good to see the snowpack right now, the runoff that we're going to have, and all the benefits not only to fishing, but also the wildlife. It's going to be good for all out there. I know uh, just in December, my family and I, we were up there at Lake Hemet. There was a lot of shoreline showing, a lot of sandy beaches out there. Well, I went up there this last weekend, and those same sandy beaches are now covered with water. That's really good sign for Lake Hemet there and the, and the fishing we're going to have from this point on. I also have a report from Lake Kachuma, which is up in the Santa Barbara area. Lake Kachuma has risen 15 feet in the last month. That's a tremendous amount of water. It's going to help them out there. Also, in the western Sierras, all the runoff that goes into the storage reservoirs up, up on the west side of the Sierras, most of the lakes there, Folsom, Lake Orville, all those lakes, they've been coming up at the rate of one foot a day. Besides all the fishing that's going to improve, you know, that's our water supply for this state. So it's really a good sign to see that we're getting that. Now, if you want to talk about the eastern Sierras right now, <laughs> What a tremendous year this has been for snowfall up there. There are people still fishing up there, but they're pretty hardcore guys. Guys going out in snowmobiles, ice fishing. That's not something I would recommend. If you want to think about the uh, fishing up there, it will probably be about June before a lot of those lakes open up. I know just last month, Mammoth, Mammoth Lakes had a total of 247 inches of snow. That's over 20 feet of snow that they've had this last month. I know I've got a friend of mine that lives up there. She sent me a picture of their place right now. They can just walk directly onto their roof right now. To get into their house, they have a tunnel dug down to their door. So think of all that runoff they're going to have. It's going to be just great. But 
it's the end of April is the Sierra trout season opener, the big opener everybody likes to go to. And we may have to kind of scale back our plans for that one just a little bit this year. A lot of the high lakes, they're just going to be inaccessible. They're going to be iced over. So it's going to limit you to a lot of the lower elevation lakes fishing. And once that snow starts melting, that's going to be a tremendous amount of runoff. And so some of the streams may be running a little bit high and a little bit unfishable. But when you think about the long-term benefits of all this snow and rain, it's, it's just so great that we're getting so much this year, especially after all the dry seasons that we've had. We do have a few places that had a little bit of fishing going on. Talking about Lake Hemet, how the water level has risen so much there. They had their last trout plant the last week of January. The water is still cold up there. Fish are a little bit lethargic when the water's like that, but when it warms up a little bit, with all the water and the trout plants, we can really expect a lot of improvements there. Down the hill at Diamond Valley Lake, it's pretty slow down there right now. The bass fishing really hasn't kicked in and they haven't had a trout plant for a while, so it's a little bit on the slow side right now. Lake Skinner is a bit of a bright spot. They had their last trout plant on January 25th, so they're doing good on the trout fishing. Also, they've had some pretty good striper bass fishing. Of course, we know those stripers like to eat the trout too, so those trout plants are just feeding them. They've caught them up to seven pounds there. There is another alternative we have going down the hill down the other direction, and that would be Lake Kauia down in the desert side. They do stock trout down there during the winter season. It's a relatively short season down there once the water gets warm, but their last trout plant went in on February 8th, and that would be a good alternative to go fishing where you can maybe count on a little bit better weather and a little bit better conditions to fish in than some of the higher lakes. On the saltwater scene, it is pretty slow right now. Out of all the local landings between San Diego, Mission Bay, Oceanside, Dana Point, they're picking at a few calico bass and sand bass, but you know when it's slow, you gotta call it the way it is. It's, it's pretty slow right now. Also, they're in the rockfish closure, which will last until the end of February, so we don't have that alternative. But once we get into March 1st and the rock cod fishing opens up, then we will have better fish counts out of there. One place that you can go and watch some great fishing that has gone on would be go down to the San Diego landings if you find out the schedule when any of the long-range fishing boats are coming in. These are the boats that are doing trips anywhere from 12 to 17 days long. They target areas way down south to Baja Peninsula, and these are the boats that go after the big, giant tuna. It's quite an event when you watch these come in. I remember one time I saw one of the boats come in. They had 13 tuna over 300 pounds. It's really quite a sight when you see them offloading these fish, several fish over 200 pounds. It, it's quite an event, but... That's a real specialized type fish, and that's not something that a novice is going to walk into and do, but it's quite a sight to see it. So overall, we do have some trout fishing available, and that will probably pick up as, as the conditions improve a little bit to get out there fishing. A little bit slow on the salt, but, you know, we're into February now. It won't be too much longer. We'll have a lot more to talk about on the reports. Well, everybody, on the report there, let me say, you know, wintertime, holidays, rain, it was a little slow out there, but I've got something to talk about that's kind of an alternative to maybe going out fishing, 
and um, it's going on right now and it's tied into fishing because it's a good way to support our sport fishing landing boats at this time of year when they're a little bit slow too. Right now we have got probably the greatest show on earth going on right at our doorstep right off the coast here and that would be the whale migration going down the coast of California. I went out just last month, I had a little break in the weather, I took my three-year-old grandson out and we took one of these boats out to go whale watching and what a show. Of course, doing it with a three-year-old, that was really a thrill doing that on a boat. But um, that day we went out, we saw probably 20 humpback whales, hundreds of dolphins and what a tremendous show out there. The thing that made it so special is humpbacks are kind of a rare thing around here. Usually you're going to see the California gray whales on their migration, but well, I'll trade those humpbacks for the gray whales any day. Talking about the gray whales, this is really a great trip to take because you're not really going out very far. In fact, if you go to places like Cabrillo National Monument, you can watch the whales from the shore, but you can get up a lot closer to them on a boat but the um, marine regulations say you have to stay at least 100 yards away, but we had some come up within 100, 100 yards of us. And the nice thing about it is while you're watching this spectacular show of all these whales, you can just turn around on the other side of the boat and you can see downtown San Diego. Most all of these trips will also have a naturalist on board. They're really good, like a lot of times there'll be people from the Natural History Museum or docents from the um, Cabrillo National Park, National Monument Park up there. They're really good, informative, they'll fill you in, answer all your questions. They'll have displays of maybe whale bones or anything like that, so it's really a treat to have them on board. One thing about these trips, you will probably meet people from all over the country that go on these. This, you got to realize what a spectacular thing this is that we have to see. It's not like something you've got to go over to Hawaii or down to South America or up to, to Alaska to see. It's really a special treat right here in our own backyard. I know one time I was down at the sport landings and there was a boat that was actually a longer range boat. It went out for like nine days down the whole Baja Peninsula. It's a natural history trip where they go into the lagoons where the whales go. And when the boat came in, I realized everybody that came off that boat, they were all from Germany. So we got the treat right here in our own yard where people like to come and see it. I know uh, one time we pushed it a, quite a bit farther. My family, my boys were a lot younger. We did one of our Baja vacations. We went down the Baja Peninsula down to Scammon's Lagoon. This is where the whales are, where they go in and give birth to the uh, calves. What it is, these uh, large estuaries, they look like big lakes. They're very large, they're shallow, so the water's relatively calm, and they're really salty because of, of the shallowness of it, which makes it good for the birthing. Now, maybe you've seen pictures of people in the uh, pongas, the small skiffs out there where they're actually petting whales. Well, that's what we did. We didn't get to pet one, but we saw some up so close we could literally look into their eyes. Now, that is quite a road trek to go down there. It's about 450 miles driving down Baja. And there are the sport boats out of San Diego that do natural history trips down there also. But you're looking at nine, 10-day commitments. And they're a little bit pricey too. But they'll get you right into the action to see this whale migration. 
So while the fishing is a little bit slow, if we get a break in the weather, maybe a few days that look consistent, going to have some nice flat weather, I would suggest tr trying a whale watching trip. All the landings in Southern California do these trips. The landings out of San Diego, Mission Bay, Oceanside, and Dana Point, on their sport boats, they offer these whale watching trips. And also out of San Diego, some of the harbor excursion boats do these trips too. So if you'd like any further information on the operators that do this, feel free to contact me at programming at 963koyt.org, and I can fill you in a little bit more on, on uh, specifically where to go, what to expect, and how to do it. The day trips, actually they're half-day trips, three to four hours long. They're, they're very reasonably priced. They're comfortable boats. The sport boats, they're all Coast Guard approved. They keep their galley open. They all have heads on the boat. The harbor excursion boats that do it, they're larger boats and they're well-equipped too with snack bars. It's something where I had no problems at all taking a three-year-old out with me and you'll see people from all age groups out there doing it. So anyhow, this is something we've got going on right now and I would surely recommend it at this time of year. Okay, one other thing I might add too is that while this is going on a winter, a winter spectacle with the gray whales coming down, there's also whale watching to do during the summer months and this is really something to see. There is a pod of blue whales that have taken up residence off San Diego right off the Nine Mile Bank and they've consistently been there over the last few years. Now blue whales, this is the biggest life that has ever existed on this planet. I've been out on sport fishing boats and I've had these blue whales come up before. They'll come up with their head come up, then their back comes up and you go, when is the tail coming up? They keep going and going and going, then all of a sudden you'll see that tail come up. Really a sight to see, but this is another whale watching opportunity that we have during the summertime. I know there's an outfit that actually goes out there in the uh, Zodiac style boats to do this. That may be a little bit, um, little too scary for some, but you've got that alternative and they still have the whale watching boats or try a fishing trip. You'll good chance you may see those whales on that one too. Another real benefit on these whale watching trips, if you're leaving from San Diego Bay, you're going to have a really nice harbor excursion going out there. You're going to go right by the uh, North Island Naval Air Station, maybe see some jets taking off. You'll go by the submarine base. You'll see the Ballast Point Lighthouse and the Cabrillo National Monument, and you'll pass right by Point Loma. It's a real picture postcard day. In fact, the day that I went out last month with my grandson there, while we were going past Point Loma, I looked to the east, I could see Cuyamaca Peak covered with snow. So it's a real treat. It's something I'd really recommend that you go out and try it. Okay, everybody, with the last show, I started a segment on boating tips. You know, if you're a fisherman, you probably either have a boat or go out with somebody that, that owns a boat. And in my first uh, boating tip, I stress the need, the most important thing about boating is having that life jacket, that PFD on board with you. That's a really important one to always remember. Well, the next uh, boating tip I'd like to offer you, this isn't anything to do with a boat, but without it, you would not do any boating. Now is a perfect time of year to take care of that boat trailer of yours. You know, while it's sitting there, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, but this spring when you get really excited about going out that first time, do you want to go out there and find out you have a flat tire? Or do you want to plug in your electrical and see that your, your brake lights don't work? 
you know, now is the time of year to really put in the time on your boat maintenance. You've probably seen people along the highway that did not take care of their trailer maintenance. I've seen people, well, I haven't seen people. I've had the wonderful experience of tire blowouts, wheel bearings going out on me. It's not fun. So take care of those things at this time of year. You know, all of us that do any boating and trailering, we've seen those disasters out there. People broke down on the side of the road. In fact, one friend of mine, in fact, he's an insurance man of all people. He saw this happen. He was driving down the freeway and a boat on a trailer passed him. That boat was not being towed by anything. It broke off the tow vehicle and it was going right down the freeway. Fortunately, he saw it go off the road. Nobody was hurt or seriously hurt on that one. But obviously, that's somebody that didn't check out the uh, coupler. Maybe the thing was corroded. So now is the time. Take care of that boat trailer and you'll be ready for the season when it's, when it's ready to start to get going. Okay, I'd like to start another new segment for this show. I'm going to offer a fishing tip. Okay, the one fishing tip I'd like to start, and I think it's a good one to offer at this time of year, at the, at the start of the year, my fishing tip today is go out and get a fishing license. You know, the way California is set up, you get the license for that calendar year. If you buy it on January 1st, it's going to cost a set amount of money. If you wait till next December, it's going to cost that same amount of money but guess what? When you buy that license in December, it's going to be good for 31 days. So go out and get your license now. I found that for myself, when I get my license early in the year, that's just an incentive to go out fishing. I've also done it the other way where in the past I don't buy a fishing license. Maybe a chance comes up to go out that day and I think, well, I don't have my license. And, you know, not working out this time. Well, I find that I go out on the water a whole lot more when I get that license early in the year and have that incentive to go out and go fishing. Hopefully someday California will get a 12-month license where it's good for the 12 months from the, from the date where you buy it. But until we get to that point, it makes it a lot more cost-effective if you go out and buy your license at the beginning of the year. Well, everybody, at the start of the show, I said I'd give you a recipe. Well, I'm going to let the secret out on this one. Whenever we have guests over for dinner, this is the one I always cook, and I can modestly say that everybody always raves over it. What this recipe is, it's a spicy mustard sauce with creamy avocado vinaigrette topping. I always do it on tuna, but I think it would also work on other fish, yellowtail, maybe halibut, but I've always done it on tuna. Well, to start off this recipe, as I've said before in the past, there's a couple things you got to remember. First thing is you want to dry your fish. You don't want to be cooking fish that's running in fish juice because fish juice does not taste good and it will make your fish taste very fishy. So before you do your cooking, maybe the day before or that morning, get that filet of fish, wrap it in a paper towel, put it in, in a dish, put it in your refrigerator, then a few hours later, Take that paper towel off, wrap it again, and do that a couple of times until that towel comes off dry. What this does, you're taking that fish juice out that doesn't taste good, and the fish will be able to absorb the flavoring and seasoning that you put on it. My other tip I offered before, too, is just remember, about every recipe I ever give you will have avocado, olive oil, and garlic. If you put those ingredients in there, you can't go wrong. 
So anyhow, starting out with this recipe, I've got my nice dried out filet of fish, that nice chunk of tuna, and the topping that I make for it, the spicy mustard, in a bowl, I put just some regular mustard in there, put in enough to what you think would cover both sides of that fish filet. I add a little bit of uh, pepper to it, and then I add some hot sauce to it. You can use anything, the Tapatio, Louisiana hot sauce, anything, and you just kind of put the amount in there that's to your own taste. Personally, I like things that kind of light up my mouth a little bit, so I go a little bit heavy on the, uh, on the hot sauce. Anyhow, mix this up really well, blend it real well, and then coat your fish filet on both sides with a spicy mustard sauce. Then, what you wanna do next for the topping, get a couple fresh avocados, put them into a bowl, cut them up, then mash them really good. You wanna get a small amount of mayonnaise. Uh, I like to personally use your lower fat, olive oil-based mayonnaise, and put enough in there just to blend it in. You want that avocado to keep the green color to know it's avocado. Then you wanna sprinkle in some garlic. So I like to put in about a teaspoon of sugar, then you want to get some vinegar. I like to use rice vinegar. Put two or three teaspoons in that and mix it up really good. Blend it real well. Okay, now for the cooking part of it. Get those fish fillets that are coated with the mustard sauce. Put it in and get your frying pan. I like to put some olive oil in there. Put it in there and with your tuna, remember you do not want to overcook your fish. Overcooked fish tastes fishy. So what I like to do is give this uh, tuna a quick sear on both sides. You'll see that mustard cook right into it. Then you're ready to serve it. Put that on the plate and then have that topping ready to go, that, that creamy avocado vinaigrette. And I'll tell you, you will have a meal that will surpass anything you will have in a restaurant. As I said, this is my bragging recipe. This is what I always serve to my guests that come over to my house and everybody has always raved over it. So anyhow, if you'd like this recipe, again, you can always email me at programming963koyt.org. But um, if you ever see some good tuna in the store sometime, get it, follow this recipe, these guidelines, dry it out, don't overcook it, and I promise you, you will have a first-class quality meal. Well, everybody, I know we changed course a little bit with this show, talking about whale watching instead of fishing, but I've enjoyed uh, bringing you some of the fishing reports we do have, and I want to look forward to, in the future to bringing you your boating tip and also your fishing tip, along with another recipe. So you can join me again. We've got our usual time slot now. We're on at, at 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings, and the show repeats at 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings. Those are our time slots, so join us again on 96.3 KOYT Radio, and you can cast away.